It was a pleasant summer Sunday in July of 1962 when the Bronx's Boyle family had traveled to Hard Scrabble Lake in Pleasantville, New York to relax, enjoy a picnic, a little fishing, and take in the lakeside scenery. James Boyle, his wife Margaret, his three-and-a-half-year-old son Kevin, and the boy's aunt and uncle, Mr. and Mrs. Vincent Boyle, looked forward to getting out of the city and enjoying the day together. After spending most of the day at the lake, Kevin Boyle disappeared from where he and his family were picnicking at about 8.30 p.m. on Sunday night, just as darkness was setting in. Kevin had run ahead of his mom and aunt in the woods, as he had done all day long. Each parent had thought Kevin was with the other parent, and several minutes passed before they realized he was missing. His parents, very distraught, contacted police immediately. Mount Pleasant Police Lieutenant Richard Fabree was first on the scene, and after a few minutes of surveying the situation and the location, called for additional help. When Chief Edward Rooney of the Mount Pleasant Police received the call, he did not hesitate to send out an immediate 13-state alarm. In the case of an abduction, it was imperative to act quickly before the child could vanish without a trace. Chief Rooney then mobilized his own police force to search the immediate vicinity of where the child went missing. Word went out quickly of the missing child, and off-duty officers showed up to aid in the search. Soon, they were joined by on-and-off-duty officers of nearby Pleasantville and the Westchester Parkway Police Forces. Firefighters from the Pleasantville and Thornwood Fire Departments arrived on the scene, as well as Salvation Army workers. In total, over 150 officials and volunteers combed the woods for little Kevin. The searchers worked throughout the night. They formed lines with men only a few feet apart so they would not miss any trace of the boy. Parkway Police Sergeant James Jack soon arrived on the scene with his bloodhound. Since he required clothing from the boy so the bloodhound could retrieve the scent, New York City police were called to go to the family's home to obtain the necessary attire. Officers went to the Boyle residence and had to break into the apartment to secure the clothing. Once they had the clothes in hand, they raced north up the Sawmill Parkway, where Parkway police met them at the Westchester line. The clothing was then transported to Parkway police headquarters, where Mount Pleasant Police Lieutenant Ralph Nicoletti waited and then sped off to the scene. In the morning, as the faintest signs of light began to illuminate the woods, no trace of Kevin had been found. The distraught family would not leave the scene for rest and had stayed up all night hoping for Kevin to be found unharmed. By now, officials had turned some of their attention to the lake and the grim reality that Kevin may have fallen in and drowned. Police began preparing to start dragging the lake, and several skin divers were called to the scene and were on standby to enter the water when needed. Meanwhile, at about 5 a.m., several miles away, John Goldsmith awoke to a child crying. It was the second time he had been awakened. The first was when his five-year-old daughter, Elizabeth, had a bad dream and had come to her parents' bedroom. When the crying persisted, he got up to check on his other two children, nine-year-old Kate and four-year-old John. They were both sound asleep, as was Elizabeth. 
He must have been hearing the neighbor's young son. John went back to bed, but the crying continued. And it seemed to John that the distressed sound was not emanating from the neighbors, but from behind his house in the woods. He got up again, putting on his robe and loafers. John went outside and listened. The crying was definitely coming from the woods, in the direction toward the Catskill aqueduct. As he walked, the crying grew louder. And soon enough, he came upon a young boy, dressed in a blue shirt and tan shorts. The boy was covered in dirt and scratches and stood on the dirt path, bawling his heart out, obviously extremely distressed. He picked up the child and brought him back to his home, where his concerned wife was waiting. Interrogating the child did not go well, as the distraught child was hesitant to give up much information. They soon learned the child's name and age, and he lived, quote, far away, as he put it. The child also volunteered that his daddy's blue car was all broken, which led the goldsmiths to believe he may have been in a car accident. Kevin refused Mrs. Goldsmith's offer of a bath or a glass of milk, but agreed to an orange lollipop. As the boy settled down a bit, John called Newcastle police. The police notified him there had been an all-night search for a young boy, and a police officer was immediately dispatched to the goldsmith's home. When Newcastle police arrived, they identified that Kevin had indeed been found safe and sound. Kevin had settled in with the goldsmiths and was a bit reluctant to leave with the police. He soon relented and left the home wrapped in a blanket. He was quickly reunited with his relieved family at the Newcastle police headquarters. It was estimated Kevin wandered four miles in the dark over rough terrain before being found. His likely path took him from Hardscrabble Lake through part of the Girl Scouts Camp Edith Macy and the Campfire Club Preserve across Chappaqua Road and along the dirt track by the Catskill Aqueduct power lines. He claimed to have slept a little. He had scratches all over his body, especially on his knees, but was otherwise unharmed. Hiking with children can be an enjoyable and rewarding experience for both you and your child. Diane Vukovic's website, momgoescamping.com, offers valuable advice on enjoying nature with your children. Her article, How to Protect Your Kids from Getting Lost When Hiking Backcountry, provides essential precautions when hiking with children. First, each child and adult needs to have a whistle. Inform your child that the whistle should only be used if they are lost. Teach them the hiker's whistle code. One blast means stop. Two blasts means come to me. Three blasts means come to me quickly. While they should never use the whistle unless they are lost, you can have emergency drills so the child and you can practice what to do when lost. Drills should only be practiced where you and your child absolutely know where you are, like in a park or your backyard. If they get lost, they should blow their whistle three times and then stay quiet to listen for a response. Repeat as needed. Impress upon them to remain calm and remain at that position. Second, show your child the route you plan on taking on a map. Point out features they will see on the hike 
and how you are reaching your destination and your return. For example, we are following the stream to get to the lake. It will be on our right as we hike in, and it will be on our left during our return. As they get older, teach them more specific mapping reading skills and how to use a compass. Educate your children on hiking rules and how they are different from home rules. Teach young children they must stay within sight of you at all times. Older children may be able to venture further from you, but remain within voice range. Teach your children that they must remain on the trail at all times. Only with your permission should they go off trail. And remind them they must stay in sight at all times while off trail. Discuss with them the dangers they may face off trail. Cliffs, snakes, poison ivy. And becoming lost are only a few of the hazards of exploring off trail. It would be best if you didn't frighten them, but instill respect for what can happen and how they can prepare for what comes up. Provide your children with their own backpacks. In them, they should carry the four essential items for survival if they are lost in the woods. Water, flashlight, waterproof matches, and waterproof jacket. Next, you need to provide them with the knowledge and skills on how to use those supplies, outdoor survival skills. Teach them about water use, especially never to drink water from a lake, stream, or river without purifying it. When they are older, please provide an appropriate filter for their pack. Staying warm will require the knowledge to build a fire. Teach them the steps to build and maintain a proper fire in the wilderness. Finally, build a shelter for protection from the elements. Except with kids, you call them forts. This is easy and fun to practice during most any hike you take. Taking a few precautions and educating your children on safe practices while hiking can prepare them for a lifetime of enjoyment on the trails and prepare them for potential worst-case scenarios. Special thanks to Diane Vukovic for permission to use materials from her excellent article. You can visit her website once again at momgoescamping.com.